Welcome to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me here on a Tuesday, April 6th. We get a lot to talk about. The market's kind of mixed right now, midday. But more importantly, the SPAC market has gotten shellacked. I mean, it was the hottest thing in the world, and now nobody's talking about it. And I'll tell you what, I freaking love it. This is when opportunity is there. We're going to start going through our SPAC garbage bin and finding ideas for you. It all starts today. I'm not going to finish it all today. It's going to continue this week. But coming up right now, we're taking a dive into the SPAC garbage bin on Monday. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Again, this is Matt McCall. Thanks for joining me. It is Tuesday, April 6th, and it's about uh, 1.30 or so, almost uh, East Coast time, so taping a little bit later in the day. Uh, we just had the market turn south here. The S&P just turned into the red. It was green all day. We're now down about uh, two points on the S&P, near the lows of the day. Uh, we have the NASDAQ uh, was green all day, too. Now down about four points. Everything's been rolling over here just in the last uh, hour or so. The Russell 2000 we're going to talk about in a minute, which is small mid-cap, is actually holding up better today, up about three-tenths of percent. Uh, other movers today, we have crude oil up, uh, closing in on 60 bucks a barrel, up almost 2%. Gold, which is just the losers of all losers, uh, is actually up eight-tenths of percent today, 1743 at 14 bucks. Silver is still the much better precious metal, uh, in my opinion, going forward, uh, up about 2% today. And uh, let's take a look here at the 10 years falling down to 1.66%. So kind of a weird mixed market, uh, to say the least today. The futures were down uh, when I woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, the futures were down, and then the market was up, and now we're drifting a bit lower. Again, we have two and a half hours left in a day. A lot could happen. Uh, but right now, it's pretty much a flat market uh, on this Tuesday. So uh, let's get into a little bit more because, again, we want to talk about these SPACs. I've done some research on quite a few, and I have a lot more I need to do research on. But we're going to talk about some what I feel amazing opportunities today. And I will tell you this, uh, and I'll get into this more in a moment. When you buy these SPACs, if you buy them, nothing here is a recommendation by any means. But if you want to buy anything that's out of favor, it's hard. But we'll talk about why you have to get over that if you want to be successful here coming up. So that's where we are with the markets right now. And I want to talk about small caps here real quick. And I'm going to pull up here on a chart. That's the S&P right now. We're down about a tenth of percent. Uh, now let's pull up the IWM, which is the Russell 2000. And uh, it's actually holding up much better uh, here than, than, like I said, the market. It's up a tenth percent. So not much better, but definitely a little bit better. But on the lows of the day. The small caps, they, they've been kind of all over the place uh, recently. They're starting to show a little bit uh, of strength here. Uh, if we close up here today and we close up, it's the best close in about two weeks for the uh, small cap index, Russell 2000. That's a really good sign. I think there's great opportunity in small caps. But again, they've been lagging because we'll take a look here at the S&P 500 and you can see close at an all-time high yesterday. We'll take a look here at the Dow Industrials. Look where it closed yesterday at an all-time high. So the, the small caps are definitely lagging behind. Uh, but overall, I still think they're the best place to be for the roaring 2020s. And even in the next few months, I, I think they will outperform. And now let's take a look at the Qs. And NASDAQ 100 had a big day yesterday, but down today about two-tenths of percent up against a, somewhat of a uh, double top you can see right there. Uh, but again, you know, I talked about this area, consolidation, consolidation, what was going to happen next to the NASDAQ. And we broke out to the upside. So if we consolidate somewhere around here above that 320, we're at 330 right now in the Qs. That's very bullish for the long term. So again, 
all signs point to higher stock prices in the intermediate term and long term, even in the short term. When I say short term, though, I'm saying at least three months, and that's short term. I'm not talking three days or three hours. I have no idea what's going to happen next three days or three hours or even three weeks. I don't know. Uh, but my, my point here is, though, things are still in an uptrend. And let's take a long-term look here, just because we always have to think long-term. What does that tell you? It tells me I want to be in the stock market. Speaking of stocks, we'll be there in a minute. I want to talk about cryptos. So Bitcoin, same, it just keeps knocking its damn head against 60,000. I'll tell you this. Uh, my number one analyst to help uh, me come up with Ultimate Crypto, the service that uh, as of this morning, uh, since January 7th of last year, cumulative returns over 900%, over a 10Xer. Uh, that's a cumulative return of all the, all the coins in there. Every coin's up, obviously. Uh, just knocking the, the, the cover off the ball, honestly. He sent me something in the middle of the night. He's West Coast. When I woke up this morning, I saw it. And it talks about this, this, this ceiling at the 60,000 level. And his sentiments are very similar to mine, that... It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when Bitcoin breaks above that 60,000 level, you're going to see a massive run. He thinks it, it, it triggers an immediate $10,000 run to 70,000. I have to agree with him. And I think at some point between now and the end of the year, 80,000 is a given, which is from here, about 35% gain. And I think 100,000 is a high probability which is about a, almost a 70% gain from here. That's a huge upside. Then you start thinking about, okay, if I'm right and Bitcoin does that, what about some of the altcoins that are basically very leveraged? Uh, old school would say it's high beta. They're high beta, they're high leveraged to the base, which in this case would be Bitcoin. If Bitcoin goes up 70%, some of these can be up seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times that. So you need to be positioned in the top altcoins. We just added a, a new one recently uh, to our ultimate crypto, which I'm loving it. You guys can't see my screen here, I don't think. No, you can't. So I'm going to see how it's doing. But uh, last time I checked, it's doing great. And it's still doing great. Yeah, we're up, we're up nicely on it already. But you know what made a breakout recently in the last 24 hours to a new all-time high? The second largest cryptocurrency, Ethereum, broke out in the last 24 hours to the best level ever, around 2150 or so. The number four coin, Binance coin, BNB, which we have in our portfolio, which has been a huge winner for us, uh, in the last 24 hours, hit a new all-time high. It's a matter of time till Bitcoin joins it. I love Bitcoin. I own Bitcoin. I own a lot of altcoins in here. And again, I always know how well things are when I take a look at one of my accounts here online in cryptos, and it always seems to be doing well when I check it during this. All right, so it's off its all-time high, I'll tell you. It's about 1.5% off the all-time high. But I'm loving where we're at. And I had this inkling last night, I'll tell you, to take a very large sum of money, uh, my end-of-quarter money, and put it into cryptos. And I still might do that today. Who knows? I might have a couple martinis on the way home, and I might do it before we get home tonight. I, I have a feeling that I, I just I, I, I feel so confident that Bitcoin breaks through 60 and makes a big run and, and takes the entire market up with it, that I'm willing to put money into it. And it's not a bet to me. This is a calculated investment. 
uh, where my odds I think are really good. So I, I am, uh, I'm highly considering doing that just so you know, and I don't know, maybe I do Bitcoin, maybe I do some altcoins. I, I don't know if you know which ones I'm going to do yet, but I, I think it's going to be a gut move. And, uh, you know, going through the list here, I have a couple on, on my kind of wish list, uh, that I might go for just to share that with you. So that's where we stand with crypto still extremely bullish folks, still time to get in. Now let's get into SPACs. And I, you know, I showed you this chart, uh, last Friday, and this is the ETF that tracks the SPACs. It's the defiance next gen SPAC, uh, derived ETF. So S P A K oops, zoom back in here and get a daily chart. And you see it ran from high twenties to 35 back down. We're at 27 today. There are so many SPACs that when they made the announcement, they went from $10, $11. Remember the, 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 the price that they offer, it's at 10 bucks. Uh, all except for, of course, uh, um, Bill Ackman's PSTH. They did, there's a 20, had to be different. 10 bucks. And a lot of them would run to 13, 15, 19, which would be a 90% gain from the entry level off the bat. And I'm gonna show you some of these charts in a minute. However, a lot of them have pulled back close to the $10 level again. And the definitive agreements are out there, but they haven't closed the merger yet. So there's a lot of opportunity there. There's also opportunity, which I'm not gonna get into today, it's gonna to be in our, our part two, is SPACs that, that have not made an announcement yet, that are trading at or below the $10 level. And just bri briefly, again, I'm not gonna get into it th th this show, but next show, if you buy into a SPAC, it has 24 months to make a deal. If it doesn't make a deal in that time, you get back $10 per share plus interest, which isn't a lot. So your downside is 10 bucks. So if you're buying at 990, there's no downside, except for the fact that it's opportunity cost, your money can be locked up for up to two years. Also, if the SPAC makes announcement of a definitive agreement to merge with a private company at any time in that two-year time frame, and you don't like the deal, you have the opportunity to exchange your shares for $10 plus interest at that time. So again, your downside's 10 bucks, no matter what. I'll talk about that more next week in a couple of SPACs that have not announced deals yet, but have great jockeys, people that are behind it, behind the SPAC, that I would want to invest in, I think we'll have a good deal. Think about this. Say you do five, $5,000, thousand into each. Four of them go nowhere, but one makes an announcement and it goes up 30%. You make pretty good money. You know, that'd be 300 bucks on it. You have $5,000 invested. Yeah, you're not knocking the, 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 you know, the cover off the ball, if you will. But you're still making what? Six, seven percent. If you get a little bit off interest on the other ones. Risk free because you have no downside. But I'll talk about that more next week. What I want to talk about today are SPACs that have announced definitive agreements. And they ran up and now they've come down. I'm not telling you if, if these are buys or sells, I'm throwing opportunities, potential opportunities in front of you. Let's go through with number one. These are in no specific order. What I have done though is I came up with about 20 that I wanted to analyze. We'll do half today, half next Friday. And if it's a part three, we'll do a part three next Tuesday. But let's start. And, and the, the basket we're starting with first are fintech slash blockchain. So fintech. So again, no specific order. GWAC, and this is the GoodWorks Acquisition Corp. Currently trading at 1038. When it made its announcement, it ran up to 13 and change. It fell below 10 bucks last week. We're down today. 
another seven cents to 1038. This is a definitive agreement to merge with Cypher Mining, C-I-P-H-E-R. They are a U.S.-based Bitcoin miner. Well, you know, I'm kind of mixed on this one, and I'll tell you why. It's a newly formed company. Uh, they expect to really get their operations up and running the fourth quarter of this year. So you're betting on a company that before SPACs became hot wouldn't be a public company right now. It would still be private. So you have to view this as, a, as an investment in a private company where big upside but very big downside as well. They hope to have up to 745 megawatts of mining power by 2025. That's a lot just to, put it, to let you know. And they believe just this year alone, they could do revenue about $6 million off those fourth quarter operations of mining Bitcoin. But because of the ramp up of the energy and the megawatts that are being used for mining, the company believes that they could have revenue up to $1 billion by 2025. Current valuation right here is around $2.6 billion. Uh, they have a, basically, it's, it's a spinoff of a company called Bitfury. And they apparently, according to the, the, the reports, have already mined over 600,000 Bitcoin to date. Um, so uh, again, but that you're not getting part of that with this, but they have an affiliation with that company. To me, very high risk, very high reward, probably shouldn't be public uh, through a SPAC yet. But this is, what I like about it is, it puts the decision in the hands of the investor. The government tells us, for the most part, other than Regulation CF and Regulation A, if you want to invest in a private company, you need to be an accredited investor. That's changing, but that's what they've been saying for years. And so basically you're saying you're only smart enough to do that if you're rich, which is complete BS. I know a lot of stupid rich people, trust me. Um, and I know a lot of smart people who are not rich. It's just not fair. So this is type of situation. These SPACs, they offer up an avenue into something that still should be in the venture capital stages. Again, operations won't be up and running for six months or so. So again, high, high risk, high reward. If it can meet its goal of a billion dollars and go from basically zero right now in revenue to a billion in revenue in four years, this company goes much, much higher. Maybe they don't meet it. Maybe they come in at 10% of it and it's a failure. I don't know. Again, high, high reward, high risk. But you can see it ran up because it was Bitcoin related or is Bitcoin related. It's come back down. It will probably trade on the price of Bitcoin. But right now, you're going to need something to really kind of get it moving. And I just don't know what that is uh, to really get it moving at this point. Okay, so that's number one, GWAC. And number two, in a, in a very similar sector, is VIH. They have a definitive agreement with BACT, B-A-K-K-T. This one ran from its 10 bucks up to over 22. It was up over 110% from the, from the SPAC price. Came all the way down to 11 and change, believe it or not. Now it's at 13.78. So it's still up about almost 40% from the SPAC, original SPAC offering price. This company, um, Institutional Retail Solutions for Digital Assets. Uh, for the most part, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin. It has a nice app you can download on your phone. It's very similar to like the Cash App or Venmo. Uh, with this app, you're able to um, big, trade Bitcoin and some other cryptos, uh, pay people. Um, you, it's also involved in video game assets, which I think is, is a big upside there. No revenue this year, uh, but looking for next year, or sorry, no revenue last year in 2020. Uh, this year, 2021, looking for revenue 
up to 889 million because they're just rolling out, obviously, um, their product. It's got a valuation about $3.5 billion. The company was founded in 2018 by ICE, Intercontinental Exchange. ICE is a ticker symbol on that. So you know them, you know, Chicago Board Exchange, all that type of stuff. So it was a big company behind it, spun it off via the spec. Again, maybe something that back in the day wouldn't be accessible at this early of a stage. And their projections, again, this is company projections, folks, for a revenue of $6.6 billion by 2025 and four years from now. Considering it's a $3.5 billion company, if that were to happen, this stock is an easy four to five bagger. If that were to happen, it has a lot um, of competition. It's got the Cash App I mentioned, uh, which is uh, um, then uh, which is Square. You got Venmo, which is a PayPal division. So you got some big money that that's going up against this. Uh, but again, I think there's a lot of future in different apps that it, that will offer people access to digital assets, whether it be these video game assets, whether it be Bitcoin. Um, so to me, I see I see a lot of opportunity here uh, when it comes to this. So. It's something that I would keep an eye on. And as a matter of fact, I must disclose, I actually own some shares of it. So uh, in my personal account, so I, I obviously believe in it a little bit. Again, but I'm willing to take the risk. High reward, high risk, something I'll hold on to for a couple of years. If it comes close to its targets, I think it's a big winner. If not, then I probably take a big loss in this one. Uh, just to let you know too, going back to that for the GWAC, the people behind GWAC announced that they're launching uh, GW2 basically. Symbol is going to be GWII. It's not out yet. The people behind VIH here, VBC Impact, is launching VBC Impact 2. That symbol is going to be uh, VPCBU. I think I might be actually trading this one. Let's see if I can type this in. Oh, yeah, it's actually trading now. So this one hasn't announced a deal yet, trading at 999. Here you're also getting units. So you're also you're getting common shares of the SPAC with the $10 re redemption. You also are getting units. I don't know how many per, or sorry, how many warrants here per, per common share. It's usually around one fifth. I have to look into it. But again, no downside risk other than opportunity uh, risk by holding on to it. All right. So VIH, like I said, I own, because I, I like, I love this crypto uh, exposure. I like the fact that ICE was behind it. And I like the fact that there's a pretty good team behind this one as well. So the next one is one of Shamas, who's been like the uh, SPAC king as of late. This is uh, Social Capital, uh, Hito Sophia Holdings 5, IPOE is a symbol. Uh, I don't have any exposure to this one. They have a definitive agreement to merge with SoFi. You've probably heard of SoFi, right? You know, SoFi is uh, the big kind of fintech company. And um, they are valued right now at about $15 billion. After this deal was announced, it ran up to about $28. So it was up about 140%. Uh, it's since pulled back to all the way down to 13. Now it's 1690. I, I kind of like the way that this is sitting here right now. Revenue last year, 621 million. Uh, by 2025, looking to have revenue up to 3.7 billion. Uh, this is a nice way to play FinTech, uh, financial technology. And what another thing that, that's kind of flying on our radar, uh, just recently, they, they made a purchase of Golden Pacific Bank Corp for $22.3 which is nothing you know, for a $15 billion company. 
However, it gives them a banking charter. So that can, you could see some other stuff going on there. So this is one to keep an eye on. Uh, it's a high flyer. It's one of the more well-known, one of the higher valued ones out there. Again, already has revenue, but some big upside because fintech to me, the more I'm looking into it, I'm underexposed to fintech and I'm looking to gain more exposure. Uh, this might be a way, but again, I have no exposure to this right now. So those are three to keep in mind. Uh, GWAC with Cypher Mining, VAH with Backed, and IPOE with SoFi. And, and in my opinion, it goes from aggressive, aggressive, like the aggressiveness was the first one and all it goes down. This is still aggressive, don't get me wrong, but it, it gets a little less aggressive, I guess you can say, as we went down that list of three. So let's keep moving on because we're gonna keep going through uh, some others. Uh, the next one here is one that we have in a newsletter. And boy, I, I, I would probably own this myself if I didn't have it in a newsletter. Keep in mind, whatever stocks we have in our newsletters, I don't own. Any stocks we use for, we have for our clients at Penn Financial Group, my money management firm, we don't own. I, I just, it, it's, it's a uh, ethical thing. It, it's, a, it's something where I, I just don't think there's, there's, there's no good ethical way to do it. Other people in my business do. I choose not to. And sometimes people give me shit, but it's just the way I choose. I have no, no gray areas here. I do it for the good of everybody. So trust me. Uh, GHVI, though, again, th this is one that is merging with Matterport. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Right up to 28, back down to 13. It's building a base down here at 13. I freaking love it down here. Uh, Matterport, uh, 3D spatial data for buildings. Go to Zillow and try and find a uh, one of the... Uh, listings that has a 3d and you could search for ones that had the 3d and majority of time that's matterport that does that how you can zoom in on a plan walk around it is freaking amazing i love it uh, i'm always on zillow and i'm looking to buy a home in a state that taxes are less because i'm getting crushed with taxes here in maryland so and i've been looking at these 3ds it's like being in a house it is the future of real estate it is the current real estate but also future real estate so it's worth about 3.5 billion dollars right here at this valuation you know, what's, what I like about this company is they have the subscription model uh, that they offer to buildings like office spaces and retail stores where they can turn um, their physical space into this immersive 3D, basically a twin of it, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and think about this, the world has 4 billion buildings, 4 billion buildings in the world, and less than 1% have been digitized. Eventually, everything's digitized. So you have well over 100x opportunity. So this is pretty cool. And uh, you look back in 2020, their subscription base uh, came in around uh, 250,000, uh, sorry, 250,000 people in their subscription base. Uh, that was up 500% over the year before 2019. Revenue came in around 86 billion. That was up about 100% from the year prior. And this is the coolest part of this. The subscription business uh, only makes up about 50% of last year's revenues. Subscription, reoccurring revenue. Think about my businesses that I'm in right now. Three of my businesses I, I talk about. The newsletter business, reoccurring revenue. Penn Financial Group, my money management. As long as I keep my clients, reoccurring revenue. Pilates studio I own, reoccurring monthly revenue. It is the way to become wealthy in this country. Reoccurring revenue is the greatest business model in the world. Why do you think SaaS companies, software as a service, have such premiums to other companies? Because you have almost guaranteed revenue coming in. It's unbelievable. It's just a way to do business instead of fighting for a new customer every day. Obviously, I'm always fighting for new customers, but once you get them in and you do them well, they're not going to leave you. It's just how business works. You treat them well, you give them a good product, you give them good service, they're going to hang around. That's a hell of a business model, folks, if you're good at what you do. Um, so the company, as I mentioned, $86 million in revenue last year. They're forecasting 
uh, with a goal of 2025 revenue coming in at 747 million. And again, because of the subscription business model, they're kind of pushing towards all that. They believe that gross margins could come in 2025 at 73%. That's the kind of business model you want, folks. High margin, recurring revenue business in the future of real estate. Real estate's getting upended. I've been saying this for a long time now. Very cool idea. Uh, and uh, maybe a little expensive down here, but most of these SPACs are. But again, it's also 50% off the high. To get back to where it was, let's go up 100%. I like this one down here. The next one we'll take a look at is a, uh, in a similar industry. Um, you know, again, Matterport is not just real estate. It's buildings, other stuff too, but I consider it a real estate play. This is Supernova Partners Acquisition Corp. Ran up from 10 to about 13 bucks, then went down went back up to around 12 and change. Right now we're at 10, 10, 10 cents above, 1% above its uh, original SPAC price. This has a, a definitive agreement with Offerpad. It's a digital platform to buy and sell homes. Think Zillow, uh, think Redfin, uh, two stocks I own for clients at Penn Financial. I love it. This is a $3 billion valuation in this company. Um, Revenue in 2020, <clears throat> excuse me, came in about 1.1 billion. By 2023, they're looking at 3.9 billion. Again, for a company that's valued right now at 3 billion. This is now becoming one of the less, less uh, expensive ones out there by far. And, uh, you know, their mission is to provide the best way to buy and sell a home, one-stop shop, online, digital platform for real estate. I mean, that's, that's what you want to be behind, right? Uh, to me, that's, this is fantastic. Uh, it's based in uh, Arizona. So uh, its new symbol will be OPAD, O-P-A-D. And, and again, you look at these numbers and man, oh man, if they can hit these numbers, this is insane. If you look at the, the revenue multiple on 2023, this is only two years away, folks, on their estimated revenue, you're looking at about 0.75. That's insanely inexpensive for a huge growth story. If you look at a number of houses sold uh, last year, about, uh, let's see, 4,300 homes, uh, looking for about 5,600 homes uh, this year. Next year, up to about 9,600 homes. And then by 2023, about 15,000 homes. So you're seeing how this really increases dramatically. Now, let's take a look at one that was a SPAC, had a definitive agreement, and already went through its merger. And so it's changed its symbol already, changed the name. Uh, and this is Open Door Technologies. This is a Chamath one. Again, you can see back here, it ran up to about 24, pulled all the way back to 14, then up to 39. Back down to 16, now we're just below 22. Uh, this is one, again, I, I have for some clients at Penn Financial Group, uh, full disclosure. Very similar business model, the offer pad. This is called Open Door. And um, where it's trading right now, uh, let me see what the market cap is right now. I just want to double check for you uh, to make sure I give you the all right information. Uh, but when I, when I look at Open, I, I love this one too. You know, obviously I, I have this one uh, for clients, uh, so I, I do love it. I wouldn't own it if I didn't. Uh, it's a Chamath one, so there's some good and bad out there, but Chamath recently, so it's had some ups and downs. It's about a $12 billion company right now. Future growth is huge for this. So you're looking out uh, revenue growth, annual revenue growth for the next four years, 32% annually. Uh, this is analysts, not the company. Uh, earnings growth, 29% annually. Uh, so I'd like to see that as well. Uh, you're looking back at 2020. Uh, it had revenue about 2.5 billion, almost 2.6 billion folks. Uh, that is some, uh, some, some big uh, revenue for a company, again, 12 billion. Uh, and by 2025, 
you know, we're looking at potentially, the, the, again, the, the, this is just one analyst, but it's an analyst, uh, close to 19 billion. And by that time, uh, you're looking for homes to be sold uh, probably well over 50,000. So you're looking much higher uh, than you see here with OfferPad, but it is a higher valuation as well. But both these to me seem to be less pricey than a lot of other companies out there. Granted, it's a bit of a cyclical business because it is in real estate. Uh, but again, because they're technology companies, uh, much less overhead, better margins, uh, two companies that I, I truly want to keep an eye on. I, I, I think, you know, obviously I have some uh, skin in the game with clients in one of them. So um, that's one you definitely want to take a look at. So of those three, you have Matterport, you have OfferPad, and then you have uh, OpenDoor. I like all three, honestly. I think all three are, 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 you can make an argument for all three in your portfolio. And as you all know, I, you know, I, I'm one of the few people that came up with the basket approach. And by that, because I like all three, say I didn't manage money and say it in the newsletters and I was sitting at home investing my own account and I want to put, you know, 3% of my portfolio in the future real estate, instead of putting 3% into open door or one of the others, I'd probably put 1% each because I think my upside's still pretty damn high on all three of them. And I think my downside would be limited because you have, you don't have, you lower your company specific risk. Great way to play it. Just so you know. So those are those three and two more I want to look at. Um, this one is one that uh, ACIC is a symbol, or sorry, ACAC. ACIC, I will talk about on next show, Friday, part deux. So this is uh, AC's acquisition court, maybe you pronounce that. Went from 10 bucks to 13, 30%. Now we're back down. We're actually below the $10 price now at 9.95. They have a definitive agreement to merge with Play Studios. Uh, they develop games for mobile and social platforms that offer real-world rewards. Uh, think casino-type games. It's actually backed by MGM, this company. Uh, it's got a valuation of about $1.1 billion here, so not that big, big of a company. Uh, it had revenue in 2020 of $270 million, uh, and uh, looking to go up next year, so 2022 to $440 million. So you're only trading at, uh, what, two and a half times, 2.4 times sales of next year, so not that high. Uh, but again, uh, the market's overlooking. It doesn't care about it. And online and gaming and all that social stuff to me is a great business model. So it's one I, I'd want to keep an eye on down here that there might be some great opportunity back to its $10 level. One more that announced today. It has me very excited. And it's a funny story. Uh, I was talking with my CEO. We have our little morning meetings. We're sitting in, in my office, uh, just, you know, really kind of bullshitting. And we talked about, I can't even remember how the topic got. Oh, he called, he walked in and called me Maddie. He's like, do you remember Matty Alou? I said, yeah, the old baseball player. I said, do you know what uh, his brother's name was and his brother's son's name was? And he couldn't think of it. And I said, Felipe Alou, who um, is in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, he managed the Expos and the Giants, played ball himself. And then his son, Moises Alou, played for the Expos as well and a couple other teams, uh, six-time All-Star. I said, uh, I remember Moises Alou. He goes, oh, you know what? I, had, I remember Moises Alou. I had his trading card. <coughs> Excuse me, his top's trading card back in the day. And I said, and I said that's funny because I just heard a Bloomberg uh, podcast recently. He talked about how trading cards are going through the roof. This story led to me saying back in the day as a kid when I'd save my pennies, and actually I saved dimes, saved my dimes back in the day, I'd run down to the, to the little... Uh, store, the, the sporting you know, card store that sold baseball cards, football cards. All the kids were playing baseball cards. And I played baseball growing up, but I was always much more a football fan because baseball did bored me a little bit. So I was like one of a few kids getting football cards. Now I have 12 Jerry Rice rookie cards that are worth tons of money. I have a Joe Montana rookie card, of OJ Simpson, Walter Payton rookie cards, all these amazing cards with tons of money. 
But if you look, it's very cyclical. In the 90s, they were hot and then just came out hot again because of obviously with uh, the pandemic, people stuck at home collecting again. But it's funny, we're talking about that. Not more than 20 minutes later, I, I'm going through my news for the morning and I see Tops is going public via a SPAC. You know, Tops trading cards, unbelievable. You know, um, and, and I said, I, wa I walked in the house, I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, Tops is going public via SPAC. And, and I said, you know, this is awesome, but I, I know where this is going. This is going to blockchain and NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Because I just picture in the future, instead of my Jerry Rice rookie cards that are in their nice little things to keep them, plastic to keep them in mint condition and stowed away nice so it's not getting too cold, too hot, too moist. And going now to a digital trading card that's going to be on my phone. And it's going to have an NFT. It's going to be in a blockchain. It's mine. I know it. It's not like it could be traded anywhere else. There's a value to it. And then I think the next thing in the future is you go like this and suddenly you have your hologram card come up. And I think that is within the next 10 years. So if Tops can get into that and kind of reinvent their business, man, that's awesome. So it announced it today and it is, uh, oops, it's going public uh, via symbol MUDS, M-U-D-S, not Macy's. M-U-D-S, uh, Mudrick Capital. And look at the movies guide. It's up 16% today. And this is the biggest move I've seen in a SPAC lately. And it went from, it was actually below 10 bucks. So you had no risk in this. It jumped up. You'd be up 17% today. And it's actually a huge volume. My goodness, over 23 million. Maybe a lot of people like me, I love it. So I'm going to do a, big, a better, bigger, deeper dive for you. I'm going to do a special like 10-minute show just on tops just because I'm such a sports and sports card kind of guy. Uh, just give you an idea, though. Uh, at this valuation right here, it's probably about $1.3 billion, give or take. And last year, it did $667 million in sales. So it's trading about two times last year's sales. This year, you're not looking for much growth at all. The estimate is for 692 million. So very small growth, 2021, 777 million. But what I see here is the fact that it trades at two times last year's sales. It's about what the market trades at, honestly, maybe even a little less. And so there's, there's not much downside risk because it's pretty fairly valued. However, if it can make the NFTs and make basically digital cards work, my God. The upside is huge. So to me, low risk downside, high, high upside. But again, let me do my due diligence and I'll get back to you. I'll share my thoughts with you. So I want to end it on that today because I thought tops is a good way to end it. But I hope you enjoyed this. You know, the opportunities in SPACs right now when nobody's talking about something, when everybody's talking about it, it's fun to talk about. I do it because people are asking a million questions. The fact that my question load went from zero to 100, back down about 10 on SPACs, shows me the opportunities back. It's not the most fun to buy something when nobody else is buying it, nobody else is talking about it, but it's the most lucrative, folks. You don't make money being a sheep. You must be a wolf. I might get a wolf tattoo to go underneath my other tattoo over here because I got to feel like I, I, you have to be a wolf in life. You can't be a sheep, folks. Sheeps get eaten by wolves, the last I checked. Worst case scenario, they get told what to do by the herder that move them around. No autonomy, no choice. Don't be a sheep. Don't forget to comment, like, subscribe below. I'm Matt McCall. That was your money line.
Moneyline with Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.